Hello, and welcome to episode 162 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Sam M., Rohini Yu, and Lindsay J., the newest members of The Modern Manager community. To learn more about how membership can support your professional development, head on over to themodernmanager.com slash join. Memberships start at just $5 per month. Now, today's episode is the first in a two-part series about conflict. In this episode, I'll walk through conflict styles and how they can be beneficial or not. And in the second episode, I will get into the differences between productive and unproductive conflict, how to deal with conflict in healthy ways, and tips for getting your team to confront conflict head on. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Let's be real here. Conflict exists anywhere there are people. It is inevitable that we will disagree with someone's ideas or behaviors or that they'll disagree with ours, resulting in conflict. So conflict management skills are critical for everyone, especially managers. Now, part of a manager's ability to guide their team through conflict is about understanding conflict styles. While people tend to have a preferred style, we all use various styles in different contexts. The first style is accommodating. This is where you allow the other person to win or have their way. Some people do this regularly because they're just trying to keep the other person happy or seem easygoing and likable. But it's also a great approach for situations where you don't really care about the outcome as much as the other person or where disagreeing just isn't worth the energy. This is honestly my absolute favorite approach. I use it all the time. There are so many occasions where I may disagree, but the process of disagreeing would make such a tiny difference and potentially cost me valuable time and energy. I do this in my work settings, my family settings, my social settings. For example, I've delegated creating graphics for my Instagram account to one of my team members. I give her the quote and she produces the visual. Now, I gave her guidance on what I like and don't like, but ultimately it's my personal account. And if I were a big time Instagram influencer, I might want every graphic to be 100% perfect and on brand. So if there was a color or a font that I didn't like, I would absolutely speak up. But that's not my position. So if I see a graphic where, sure, I'd prefer a different color or a different font, but it's not inhibiting readability then I let it go because the value gained from me pointing out that I don't like it and asking her to change it is negligible. And more likely, it'll go the opposite way where eventually she'll just get annoyed and feel like I'm micromanaging. Now again, just to be clear, this is not about me avoiding giving feedback or denying my colleague the opportunity to learn and improve her graphic skills. It's about recognizing when that feedback is warranted, like there's a spelling error or a graphic that's off-brand, or it's difficult to read. Then of course I would speak up. But when it's a matter of personal preference, I just let it go. The benefits of taking an accommodating approach as a manager is that you can avoid a bunch of insignificant conflicts and develop trust with your team that you're open to their ideas. Just be aware that you're not accommodating and then resenting. This can build up over time and cause issues. So if you're going to accommodate, you also need to then let it go. You can also encourage your team members to use this strategy by helping them determine if the conflict is worth addressing. Also, Really important, accommodating is never the right strategy for large, important issues that have a material impact. When you accommodate these issues, you're not really accommodating, you're avoiding. And that leads us to the second style, avoiding. This is a tricky one. 
Like accommodating, avoiding has an element to it that's about not raising the issue or not creating the conflict to begin with. But the difference is that these conflicts don't just go away or they ultimately create resentment. For example, it's fine if I let my husband choose a movie one night. That's accommodating. But if I let him choose every time because I want to avoid hearing him tell me that I have bad taste in movies, which by the way, he never does. We almost always agree on what to watch and he would never be that rude to me. But let's just say for the sake of this discussion that he was that kind of person. Then I would be avoiding the conflict, which is both about the movie and about how he treats me with respect. Avoiding conflict is generally not a good thing, but there are a few times when it's a useful strategy. If a project is ending soon and you'll no longer be working with the person, it may not be worth getting into a big ordeal, as long as the work isn't going to suffer because of the avoidance. It may also be a situation where delaying the conflict is useful. This could be because it'll naturally resolve itself down the road, or taking some time to cool down or further reflect can allow people to re-enter the conversation ready to engage in a healthy manner. It's really amazing how time and space can solve issues, or at least make them easier to deal with. Managers can use this tactic to help their team members get into the right headspace before addressing a conflict, or encouraging them to take a wait-and-see approach before making a big deal. I just used this approach with a colleague who was proactively raising an issue that they could foresee coming. While it's definitely an issue that could be problematic, we don't know for sure that it's going to occur. So we decided instead to just acknowledge that it's a potential issue and that we would address it if and when it came to be. Now, the downside is that if you avoid conflict in the wrong situation, it can make the problem worse. And if you regularly avoid conflict, your team may assume that you're incapable of dealing with conflict, which can undermine your position as their leader and create a culture in which conflict festers. The third style is compromising, which is about seeking a middle ground. Now, many of us were probably taught as kids that life is all about compromising, but now compromise is commonly seen as a lose-lose situation. Either both parties have to give something up in order to meet in the middle, or the ideas get watered down and therefore become less impactful. For example, I was working with a team on their vision statement, and there was a disagreement about which metaphor best represented their work. Were they a bridge or a tugboat? As a bridge, some of them saw their work primarily as being a connector, seeking out new innovations and bringing them back to the business for leadership to evaluate. But other folks saw them as a tugboat and that their role was more about pulling the organization in the direction of the innovations that the team discovered, viewing themselves as a small but mighty group that had responsibility for keeping the larger enterprise moving in the right direction. In this case, trying to compromise by saying, well, we're just, we're both, makes the whole thing murky. What are they really all about? But throwing out both metaphors in favor of trying to find a different one that everyone can agree with also kind of misses the point. They're not dealing with the real issue of not being aligned on the core work. So in this case, compromising wasn't the best option. As a manager, compromising is best suited for situations when you're shorter in time and need to make a solution because any solution is better than the conflict. Compromise is often viewed as trying to make it work for everyone but the people involved aren't completely happy with the resolution. And if you lean towards compromising too often, you may create a culture where conflict is associated with disappointment or be seen as someone who can't support their team members to find a better solution. The fourth style of conflict is competing. This style is all about rejecting any form of compromise or alternative, and it can stem from the need to be right or the need for the other person to be wrong. When confronted with a person who is digging their heels in, it's hard to move past the conflict in a meaningful and productive way. As a manager, when trying to support colleagues who are getting stuck, 
You may try to cut through the conflict by making decisions for them rather than letting your team members work it out. And by projecting your authority, you may be in fact taking a competing stance of your own. So be aware of how often you step in and overrule. Now, I have definitely done this when a discussion is going around and around and it feels like the team is spinning their wheels. And in those moments, when either I see that all solutions are equally viable or I have a strong preference, I'll just jump in and make the decision. Let's just do A and we'll learn along the way. And if we need to revisit, we will. Like with compromising, this can be helpful and appropriate when conflict just needs to be resolved so work can move forward. But generally, it leaves people feeling bulldozed, unheard, and frustrated. It's most appropriate when there is a tough decision that just needs to be made, maybe because there's no right answer or the time it would take to use an alternative strategy just isn't possible. Lastly, the final conflict style is collaboration, in which people work together to find a win-win solution that leaves everyone satisfied. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone gets their way. As you know, many conflicts naturally mean that someone isn't going to get all that they want. The thing to note is that everyone leaves feeling good with the solution, which may be because we simply took the time to really understand and explore each person's position, which allowed someone to change their own mind or find an option that met each of our needs. The hard part is that this does take time and a real willingness by everyone to learn and listen, and often a skilled facilitator who can help unearth assumptions and underlying thinking as well as navigate emotions. But by using a collaborative approach, the relationships among the people involved grow stronger and the solution is often more effective. If you already have these skills or you can develop them so that you can support collaborative conflict resolution, your team will be grateful. But like any strength, this too can be overused. Because collaborative resolutions take a longer time, it can feel like overkill or delay the work when really an alternative approach would have sufficed. To help yourself and your team understand how different styles can help or hinder, take some time to reflect on your go-to style and ask each team member to do the same. Is there an approach that feels most natural to you? Are there situations where you just know one of these styles is how you show up? Or are there topics or issues or things that you're particularly sensitive about that you know are going to trigger you? Then as a group, you can brainstorm situations or conflicts and discuss what style makes the most sense for how to deal with each one. This can help everyone get aligned on and think more expansively about what to do when conflict arises. The mini guide for today's episode is available at themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. To get the full guide to today's episode, join the Modern Manager community. Go to themodernmanager.com slash join. The Sprout Level membership and above gives you access to all the episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement what you're learning on the show. If you want just this episode guide, you can always purchase it and any other guide at themodernmanager.com slash shop. All the links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with that free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter. Join that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. 
That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.